Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Brian Murphy, Kendrick Johnson, and Devin Hassan. It is Monday, gentlemen. It is the first, uh, I guess, our first full-fledged week back on the Tuesday, Friday night coverage grind. It's been the first time since, what, like mid-December? Oh, I'm not going to lack. I didn't mind the uh, the holidays kind of throwing the schedules all around and having some games around noon. I and, love like, the 2 o'clock in the afternoon yeah, games. <laughs> it's a nice change of pace, and yet I get to cover a couple <coughs> header with Plano East and now last week for the first time in forever. I really miss the basketball. Basketball doubleheader, so it was. Um, I don't know. It was a nice change of pace for a little bit, but yes, this is the first uh, the first week where we're back in Tuesday Friday night coverage. So um, let's just kind of look ahead now to what we have to look forward to over these next, I guess, what the next six and a half weeks, or you know, for the remainder of the high school basketball regular season. Um, let's talk about just um, for this episode, and then on Thursday, um, some of the marquee games that we have on our uh, on our coverage docket for the uh, remainder of high school basketball's regular season. Um, we're going to start today on the girls' side. We'll talk um, some of the marquee games in our coverage area for 5A and then 6A and whatnot. Um, and, yeah, just kind of touch on some of the uh, the games that are uh, kind of a, of must-watch capacity in the uh, in the weeks to come. So um, we'll start over in 6A to begin. So, um, I don't know, guys, where do you want to begin? Devin, what is, uh, in your opinion, whether it's uh, in 10-6A or 11-6A, what is, uh, what is one game that is on your radar that folks absolutely have to see um, in your coverage area? Um, as far as I'm looking at 10-6A, um, where Saxe has uh, dominated that district in recent years. They've had a 58-game district winning streak um, after taking care of Garland last week. Um, but, you know, at the Colwell, the Colwell tournament features all seven Garland ISD teams. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of a good predictor, so to speak, because they're all in the tournament to see how it fares out. And Saxe's won that tournament several times or gone at least advanced to the finals. Um, well, back in December, uh, they played Lakeview in the uh, championship game, mm-hmm. and Lakeview tested them. I mean, Saxe won this game 46-43, but Lakeview stood with them for the most part. Now, granted, Saxe was it was never a one-possession game. I mean, until the very end, Lakeview hit a basket like, you know, his, his time expired mm-hmm. to, to, to get it, make it down to three. But the fact that they hung with Saxe, because Saxe last year, they won their district games by an average of 41.5 points. So they were in cruise control basically from start to finish. But um, and you had a chance to see this late PGA yes. play. Uh, they've got some very good athletes. Um, you know, Sana Baker, mm. uh, who I think was all tournament. She was, she was the MVP of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. She was. Uh, she took over in that uh, championship game against Louisville. Yeah, July Sharp, uh, who's a six-three kid that can do something with the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carly Skates, what yes. um, was a good player for them. And you know, Saxe. Um, it's still sexy though. They're still the team to beat. Um, but they play this Friday um, 
Over at Sexy, uh, you know, uh, Sexy, despite losing Jalen Brooks, their outstanding point guard, um, before the season started, they've been able to kind of pick up um, and, and round into form. I think, I think you know, they still have Adahel Tack in the middle, who's a TCU signee, a uh, very good post player, along with Liz Woods, uh, Tia Harvey on the outside, Kristen Rose, I've talked about her before, the freshman that's mm-hmm. really been that kind of an impact player. So, um, But both those teams sit at 3-0 right now. They're in a three-way tie for first place with Rowlett. Rowlett's certainly going to have something to say about that, um, but they haven't played either of the other contenders as well. Um, so we have, you know, a couple, you know, I guess three big showdowns coming up to say in the next week and a half. But the one I'm really looking at is Saxon Lakeview on Friday in terms of uh, who's going to be the the, the, fa- the the favorite going on the stretch. Kendrick, how about you, man? Where did you land on this as far as your marquee game and your uh, coverage at the six A level at least? Uh, McKinney and Plano East because. Other day, saw McKinney play Plano High. Shout out to Coach Rodney Belcher. Made great adjustments in the second mm-hmm. half. Got the dub. Stole one on the road. McKinney's gonna have to find a way to beat one of the Plano teams, um, but besides West or or Allen. Um, or Allen. Mm-hmm. That's what it's gonna come down to. They get in that top tier and they play Plano. They got the first crack. So we'll see. And they play them at home. They play good at home. In this district, it's kind of good. I think home court advantage is kind of sneaky. On the, I don't know about the guy's side yet, still early, but no, on sure. the girl's side, it's definitely key. You can't be giving away home, home games on your court. So I'm expecting Plano East and McKinney to be a swing game either way. I kind of landed on Plano East for my for my game to, to watch as well. It was a game that I actually just saw last uh, last Friday, and that was when Plano East took their first crack at Allen. East and Allen were the the last two remaining undefeated teams in nine six A. So just curious to see what you know this uh, Allen team. It's certainly a bit of a different looking Allen team from the state semifinals from last year, but still a good chunk of that core is back, and they've had some really encouraging results early in district. They got a they don't beat themselves. Yeah, they got a double digit win over Plano under their belt already. They've um, they've played well at the the Mansfield I. SD tournament over the holidays, so they're starting to round kind of into into the form that I think that was kind of expected at the start of the season. Whereas you have this East team that is um, having one of its better starts in some time, and they've uh, just got all sorts of upside with that young, young core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does that look now? It's the classic youth versus experience matchup, and you got a game that I mean, for a while there it really looked like East was in a, in good position to pull this off. They held Allen to ten points in the first half. Ten points. This was a nineteen to ten game at the break. Um, yeah, several goals that he had ten points. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Taylor Hagen with Planet East was really, really dominant early on. She had nine points in the first half, but then you started to see things kind of shift back in Allen's favor. Um, you know, you got a Tyler Jackson. You know, she uh, really got hot from three in the third quarter. She had, I think, three makes from beyond the arc. And in a game that's that low scoring, that's all you needed to essentially erase that, you know, that that, uh, that three-possession deficit. Zoe Jackson got going in the four quarters, had some really, really tough finishes in the lane. And then you had on the other side defensively, you know, I mentioned Hagen, who was so Dominant early on, Zoe McCrary, you know Allen's uh, their top returning post player. She uh, she did a great job, you know, kind of uh, you know, stifling that uh, that inside game that East uh, is so uh, so reliant on. And then, yeah, this this one went right down to the wire. You know, you had a couple lead changes um, with um, you know East getting the lead late inside like the final thirty seconds. Uh, Denavia Hall had some really really clutch buckets after uh, you know East had um not not East but um Allen had really tried to kind of slow the game down a bit and kind of nurse a a two possession lead and then. You know, Hall had a steal and a layup, and then she had a three-pointer, a tough three, that gave them a one-point lead inside, the uh, again, the final 30 seconds. And then Allen returns the favor. They get a, a layup by Mackenzie Worm, their 6-3 post um, on an inbounds play that just led to a 
crystal clear wide open layup for a for Worm, and they took a one point lead. East goes right down, and they uh, and they miss a floater at the buzzer. That's it, back iron, and it was it almost fell. East like one of those teams like they're gonna be way better. Um, yeah, that's, what, that's why I'm curious now. to see now in this rematch, January 28th at Allen. Oh, yeah, circle. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> because this was one that, uh, I mean, it looked like certainly if you're East, you're not coming away from this at all discouraged given what Allen has been, you know, in recent years for them to go blow for blow at them every step of the way. You know, it was their first district loss, but hardly one to be discouraged about. And one where, like you kind of said, Kendrick, I, f- I have a feeling this East team that we see right now is going to look very different. Kind of like Allen last year where they had some really inconsistent results over the first half of the district. Yeah, and they ran the table the second half and I mean you saw what they were able to do with that I think this East team could uh, could potentially get on a roll as well and just seeing how they look now against one of the elite in the district <laughs> is kind of an encouraging sign for them going forward um, but at, at the end of the day I mean Allen is still that boogeyman <laughs> you know they've got the potential MVP in the district in Zoe Jackson and Tyler I mean Tyler I mean they've got a lot of you know a lot of anybody they got they got four, three to four ladies we're talking about NBA who's going to shoot the last shot okay. you don't know who's going to shoot the last shot for them they got some really really yes. capable players in yeah. the case of you know Friday this game was Mackenzie Warren who had the biggest bucket of the night. But um, so yes, that uh, just the the ebb and flow and just kind of the uh, the strategic ins and outs of how you know Allen was able to really stifle East interior game because that's the East has their their, their post game is just you don't see too many teams that are that reliant on in- interior scoring like East with Taylor Hagen, Idara Udo, does, both of whom are freshmen, and just their size alone has been such a nightmare for so many teams. And Allen's one of the few teams that has the size to counter that with McCrary and Worm. So um, I don't know, yeah. Just the, the, the back and forth and just the tactical some such that I saw in that game has me really excited to see the rematch uh, later on this month. Um, so that's why I wonder how somebody like uh, McKinney go ahead because McKinney don't got that size yeah. to compete with that. And it's a shame that this is like we're doing this podcast right before Plano and Plano East play because I kind of would like to know who's, I guess, because we've seen Plano and Allen, we've seen East and Allen, and I just I feel like those three are kind of the best teams in the district right I, now. I would say if um, if um, Jordan was playing for Plano, <coughs> nine clubs. Yeah, it's nine clubs. Yeah, that's that's everybody be playing for second place. Um, let's see, Brian. Where does you land on this, man? What is the uh, the game to watch in your end for uh, for six A? Well, I mean, last year you see all those matchups: Prosper and Allen. How awesome those were! They split the season series, and I was at the uh, the second game at Allen when Allen kind of sealed the deal for that top spot in district, and then they rematched, you know, in the regional final in the playoffs. Well. I don't think that matchup's as juicy this time around. Prosper's already gotten, you know, two tough losses, uh, a nine-point loss to East, and then a ten-point loss to McKinney. So they're in these games. Yeah, that. But Prosper may just be on the outside looking in come playoff time, losing these. Those, you know, you got to beat a McKinney. You and they play Boyd this week on Tuesday. You gotta, you you gotta get a win against Boyd. You play Plano West on Friday. You gotta beat West. <laughs> So really, those matchups with Allen really don't mean much <laughs> if they don't take care of business against the teams they're supposed to take care of business against. That game against McKinney kind of looms large when you just mm-hmm. look at how the rest of the district's kind of playing out. It feels like... I would say this, Aaron Fry was healthy for that game. She mm-hmm. was kind of banged up, but she was at full strength for that game. Mm-hmm. And McKinney played one of the best games mm-hmm. of the season. And that East game was... I, I mean, I, I covered it. It was like East got a little bit of separation there in the fourth quarter, but this was a, a, a two-possession game most of the way. I was I actually came away really encouraged by Prost because obviously we talked a ton about, you know, they don't have Jordan Oliver and mm-hmm. you, know, you don't have a McDonald's All-American. Naturally, you're going to take a big step back. Um, you don't really realize, though, in the moment, like how much else they don't have from that team last year. You know, Scott Huffman, who was one of their top returners, she has an injury that's you know, 
know, got her out for the season. Mm-hmm. You know, their uh, their star point guard last year, uh, Madison Willis Rosa, she's gone. Um, Hadley Morell, who had some huge moments for them in the playoffs. I believe she's playing soccer. Yeah, she's a soccer star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean that, and so I mean you've kind of now have to. It's essentially now a team that uh, you know you can't just look to Jordan Oliver and say, hey, you know what, go go go, go get us go get us thirty points. They don't have that anymore. It really requires them to kind of recalibrate their entire identity, and um, all five players on the court have to have have to find a way. But just through sheer, sheer scheme, it felt like they really did generate enough to really make playing we sweat in that uh, in that game for most of the way. I mean, that was a back and forth game, and you wouldn't be able to tell there was any modicum of separation between the two of them. It's just that then East got just the slightest of leads and was able to kind of nurse that thing away from the free throw line. It's yeah, that Prosper team. They're still good. They're still a good team. They have Maddie Cleary, who's going to go off to play at North Texas mm-hmm. next year, and they still have the pieces. Trey Rochelle is you know one of the top coaches in the area. They just also happen to be in arguably one of, if not the best, six A districts. Mm-hmm. You know, at least in our coverage area, at least in the area, if not the state. You know, from top to bottom with all the talent they have in the district. So. I don't know, but they got to take care of business against against teams starting this week. And the teams, they, and teams bottle up Cleary, which East actually did a really good job. The fact that that game was so close to Spike Cleary, I think she only made one shot from the field. She wow. did some stuff on the line, but they did a really good job locking her up. But at the expense of that, Chandler Browning got hot from the outside, and mm-hmm. she's been you know kind of a, a real a real impressive surprise you know for uh, for them this season, having to take on a much larger role than she did last year. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I can't wait from that thinking that Prosper. They're at least going to be game this year. They're not going to. You know, they're not just going to roll over. And they've proven that, you know, two single digit, you know, or two 10 point, Mm -hmm. less than 10, keeping it within 10 points in in two games. But a lot will be seen when they play, you know, the East, the Planos, the Allens. And if they they can be competitive with them, then we'll see. I look towards that game against McKinney, though, at the start of the second half of district later on is kind of the, that's essentially where I think is going to decide whether or not they are a playoff team. Because, I don't know, we'll see, though. But yeah, I think Prosper's got at least a decent shot right now. Um, let's see. All right, well, that is a look at at least some of the marquee matchups on the girls' side of things at the 6A level. Obviously, uh, plenty of fun stuff at 5A for us to get to in just a few moments, and we will do so after a quick word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly pages of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And we are back. So we've uh, we've previewed some of the marquee matchups in 6A girls basketball in our coverage area for the remainder of the month. So let's um, let's do the same thing at the 5A level. Um, Brian, you got a lot of schools at the 5A level, man. So, uh, yeah, shoot. Which one, from uh, whether it's the Frisco's or the Little Elms, um, just where did you land on for your uh, your marquee game to watch at 5A girls basketball? Over the last few years, there has not been a better matchup uh and 5A, really, in my opinion, at least with, with district opponents mm. than Frisco Liberty and Frisco Lone Star. I mean, they faced three times last year. You know, they split the season series. One of those games in the in the regular season went to overtime. I was at that game. Uh, and then, of course, they match up in the regional final. You know, it's kind of similar to what Prosper and Allen were uh, a year ago. And that game last year was was epic in the regional final as well. Shot by Randy Thompson. Uh, Randy Thompson. <laughs> and she falls down to her knees. And, you know, Coach Ross Reedy's just in the background like are you not entertained like the most awesome picture was it Glenn Gunn yeah of course Glenn Gunn getting the awesome shot but yeah so and then so going into this year you see okay four of Liberty's five starters are gone Randy Thompson playing North Texas 
you look at the uh, Lone Star head coach Katie Stinton, she's gone. Um, Adriana Quezada, you know, she's off playing. Yeah, Quesadilla, man, that's that, that's Kendrick's player right there. She was a baller. She, yeah, she was. She shared the district MVP uh, last year as well. Um, but yeah, so she's gone playing, you know, Division One college basketball, and you think maybe Liberty and Lone Star may not be as juicy as it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of look on the boys' side, and you know, those two teams are kind of struggling right now, and that matchup, you know, Friday may not be as juicy, but. That girls matchup, you know, between the two is still going to be just as good. It, it seems like, or it should be. You know, Liberty somehow is seven and zero. Not many people expected them to, you know, be as elite as they were last year, and they seem to be, you know, on that path again. And Lone Star, they're six and one. You know, with, with they 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 still returned a good amount of players from that team, but they lost some big time talent. You know, new head coach uh, Todd Muncie coming in there, and he's done a great job. And well, what do you know? Those two teams play Friday night. Um, they also play in the district finale, um, February 20th or something. Uh, they, it's the last game of district, the last game of the regular season. Um, they'll, they'll play, and, you know, I, I can't wait. I'll be there Friday, and that, that should be uh, some juicy stuff. Will this be your first look at Lone Star under Coach Monson? No, no, no. I saw them play uh, Centennial. They beat Centennial pretty good. Uh, so I've seen Centennial play twice now. They... You know they return a lot of players. They're a for sure playoff team. They're five and two in district, but the only two games I've seen them lose are against Lone Star and against Liberty. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's tough, tough, tough luck of the draw there for Centennial. Um, but yeah, no, I've I've seen Lone Star play. They 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 really stifled Centennial pretty good. They beat them by double digits when I saw them play. Uh, I saw Liberty play Centennial just uh, this past Friday. They won by one. Uh, kind of a more entertaining game, but Liberty was in control the, the entire time. And I you know I expect a a, a, a Tough, grinded out defensive battle Friday night. Some maybe somewhere in the 30s, like we saw last year in one of the games when it was 36-34 in one of those overtime games, something like that. Devin, how about you, man? Where did you land on this? Be it Poteet or West Mesquite, would you land on for your 5A girls game to watch? Well, and it may be a cop out when I say the game between the two schools because okay. um, those ones but, are traditionally pretty good. But you know, I think really they, they play on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first time, and I think if you look at that district, even though it's still we're not like Frisco, we're not eight games in or whatever the hell are, but uh, you know, West Mesquite Potita just played two games because they've already had a district bye. But even through that first set, Lancaster's three and zero, and I think they they beat West Mesquite on Friday um, pretty soundly, and I think they've already beaten North Forty, who beat Potit on Friday to go to two and one. So I think Lancaster has kind of proven themselves to be the class of the district at mm-hmm. least thus far. North Forty, who was picked to, to Contend for the district title, you know, show that they can uh, by beating Poteet. So you have Poteet and West Mesquite both sitting at one and one, and I think that game on Friday is big for both teams in terms of playoff seating and yeah. possibly that final playoff spot. Um, it's really hard to tell with some of these teams like Kaufman sitting there at one and one just with them. Um, but you know, Poteet was the uh, you know undefeated district champion a year ago, but they lost their starting backcourt with Johnny Perry and Amaya Briggs, and so they had some question marks coming in, and they just don't have that same kind of gear. Uh, offensively that they they had last year. Um, as you can see, I mean, they lost to, to North Forty last Friday, 42-37. to 37. You know, that's a low-scoring game. Poteet last year, when they were, you know, able to be successful, was able to get those numbers up a little bit. Uh, West Mesquite has been a team that has had some success early on. I mean, they're 11-6 overall. Um, I think they kind of came back down to earth a little bit against Lancaster, a very athletic Lancaster team. Um, Shocking. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but the, the, Lanc- trace of Lancaster. But, but, you know, but the Lancaster girls don't have the same track record as the boys. For sure. In, in terms of, I mean, even last year, I mean, Poteet had their way with, with Lancaster, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um Again, this is the Lancaster team I saw back at the Colville tournament. This is a, this is a lot 
better okay. team than last year. But yeah, I think I think that game on Friday, I think West Mesquite and Poteet will be in the hunt for the playoffs, and I think there's a good chance they both can both make the playoffs. But for seeding, or if one of these other teams that we don't know as much about, like Coffin or like a Forney, uh, is able to, to set up their game, it could be the two head-to-head meetings between Poteet and West Mesquite that decide that final playoff spot. You mentioned, yeah, playoff seeding, and that was kind of paramount in, uh, in my my selection for this. I did kind of cheat a little, so hopefully you guys don't hold it against me. <laughs> I did go with them um, over an 8-5A and kind of the uh, the three-way dance that's emerging between Lake Dallas, the Colony, and, uh, and Denton Braswell. Um, we've had at least two of, uh, of the matchups between these three teams take place. You had Lake Dallas and the Colony, which Lake Dallas scored one of the one of the signature wins in the program in some time. They beat the Colony 77-63, to um, despite 55 combined points from Jules Spear and Tamia Jones, which for the Colony, you think most nights that'll be enough, but mm-hmm. Lake Dallas is one of the teams that has just a little bit more balance to their game, and they've, they can score with teams like that, and um, they had just uh, they had enough to offset that and win kind of going away in the end. Um, and then Braswell and Lake Dallas just played last Friday. I was in the house for this one. My first look at um, at Denton Braswell, who we had seen, I mean, Brian, we were looking over the state polls, and like, oh my goodness, this Braswell team has just come out of nowhere, because they were a solid team last year, but, you know, the expectation coming in was that, you know, the, the, the top shelf talent from the colony might be enough to win this district. But then you have Braswell, which has pieced together its best season in, uh, in program history already. So getting to see what it looked like firsthand. Um, I can attest, Brian, Braswell is very much for real. They're a top 10 team it in feels, the state. It feels like it. They beat Lake Dallas um, convincingly, 49-35 to in a game that with the exception of some moments there in the third quarter that Braswell is very much in control of. Um, it's a, it's about as athletic a team as Lake Dallas has seen all season, and just the, the balance and just the energy that that team plays with on defense um, with that athleticism, they press a ton, and they just generated a just a flurry of turnovers. I think it was like 10 that Lake Dallas had in the first quarter. They um, they were relentless in attacking the basket. They got to the line a bunch, put a lot of Lake Dallas's best players in foul trouble, and, um, and this was a game that was like 18 points at halftime. Now, Lake Dallas did switch to a zone in the second half and kind of cut off a lot of those driving lanes that were there in the first half, and as a result, you got to see the uh, you know Brazil's offense sputter for a little bit. Then in the fourth quarter, they did a much better job passing around and got some separation. But it was I came away very impressed by what Brazil had. And then we'll see. Um, they've not played the Colony yet. Brazil and the Colony. Um, those matchups are December seventeenth and then February eleventh. They're the last game in the district schedule. Each um you know for each leg. So yeah, just kind of the the combination of that uh, of that well-rounded tour de force of Brazil against the the Jewel Spear Tamia Jones combination. If those two have enough firepower to to will that team to a victory. And then um, just kind of the, again, the back and forth of whether or not Dallas can replicate that effort when they rematch the Colony on January 24th. Um, And then when Braswell plays Lake Dallas again at Lake Dallas on January 28th, you know, whether or not Lake Dallas is able to build off kind of what they showed there for the second half and kind of slowing them down if maybe they uh, they decide to go a little bit more zone this time, if they're able to handle that press a little bit better and not, you know, have such a a, a shaky start. Um, But it does feel like these three teams are kind of separating themselves as the three best in that district. And um, it feels like maybe right now that if you're just going to power rank them, that it's crazy to think that the Colony might actually be the third best Whoa. of those teams, which I did not think was going to be the case at the start of the season. But that's why they'll play the games, and there's still plenty more to go in the uh, in this nice little rivalry that's emerging between these, uh, these three stout, stout programs, all three of which I believe are state-ranked. The Colony might not be anymore, but they were for most of the season. That lost to Lake Dallas. Yes. Might yeah, Lake Dallas is 24 and Braswell's 10. 10, yeah. That's, That's a tough thing. Yeah, yeah. Braswell is, uh, they're, they're on the come up for sure. And they'll be at the 6A level next year. Yeah. They will be, uh, oh, they'll be 6A next year? Yeah. yeah. They're on the, uh, yeah. 
So right, right. Well, they they said they for real. <laughs> Looks like it so far. Yeah, we'll see what's in store. But um, but yeah, some nice some nice basketball emerging over in District Eight Five A. Uh, we can round this out, Kendrick, with a look at your uh, let's see your uh, your game to watch for. Uh, I guess McKinney North. So what is a uh, what is the best game to look forward to if you're a McKinney North Lady Bulldogs fan right now? Wiley East, they're defending district champions. They lost four of their five starters to the opposite of the teams y'all been talking about. Okay. And um, McKinney North will go as far as Amaria Fields and Chase, Chelsea Wooten will take them. They average 24 and 20 points ex- respectively. Chelsea's having a great year. Um, she's one of those people that you can tell she's got that motivation. Senior going out with the bang. She's put, consistently putting up 20 points, and she's their go-to girl in the stretch when you need a shot. And in this district, with it not being as – there's only six teams, two people can carry you to the district title. So I'm looking to see how they match up with Wiley East because they want to run the table. So the, uh, with the table, you got to go to the champs. So mm-hmm. I think they have enough to do it because they got a lot of blue girls that are playing good defense and keeping them in. And they got some pretty good results. Like they beating teams like Wiley. Mm-hmm. Lakeview, that Lakeview team, they played them at Lakeview, got beat by 20, played them in the tournament and got beat by three in the overtime. Okay. So. Their team, they, once they, they figure out stuff. Coach Hammond does a good job of watching tape mm-hmm. and getting their players in position. I don't know how good Little Elm's they beat them. Little Elm's got that stud freshman. Little Elm's a playoff team this year. Yeah, yeah they beat them. They'll they make got, some, they got some good results. And then um, outside the state, for what it's worth, they um, they played the two teams in, in their size bracket in Oklahoma, and they, they beat the runner-up and lost to the state um, champion. About three of those two teams played in state okay. um, in Oklahoma. So they gotten pretty good results against – bigger teams or teams of caliber. They're definitely a playoff team. District title, I'm going to lean towards them going to the district title. I want to go to Vegas on it, but I think the Lady Bulldogs are going to find a way to get in. You know I like losing my money. Alrighty, and that'll uh, that'll do it. That is a look at some of the marquee matchups that are in our coverage area for high school girls basketball, and we'll do the same exercise on Thursday on the boys' side. So um, until then, folks, you enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.